0: <clears throat> Hello everyone, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 70 of the Gut Wrench Podcast. My name, despite popular belief, is not Coco, it is in fact Mocha. <clears throat> and um, seeing as the. Seeing as though that, uh, Brandon, if that is his real name, over at the Early Morning Podcast, over at Early Morning Pod, is going to talk about the Clash of Champions pay-per-view from 2016. I think it would be fitting for me to look at what some would believe to be Somewhat of the exact opposite, if not, you know, the equivalent. Seeing as though that he's looking at WWE, I thought it would be fun to look at actual award-winning wrestling over at AEW, which always lives up to its name, by the way, All Elite Wrestling. Now, the chicanery, the fuckery, the tomfoolery that they are doing over in WWE right now involves making a autistic child such as Sami Zayn their number one contender, despite the fact that he's done nothing to earn it and he doesn't deserve it. Understand something, ladies and gentlemen. Wrestling is more than just a popularity contest. It's more than just, oh, I like this guy, so he deserves a championship opportunity. I talked to Brandon before, okay? I've talked to him on some occasions, and, you know, we're throwing words at each other, and, you know, we're kind of going back and forth, kind of, oh, yeah, your mom, no, your mom, no, your podcast is your mom, you know? We're going back and forth with it a little bit and we'll get into the your mom here in just a minute. I've got some your mama jokes r- written down and I think that I'm, uh, I think that he's going to enjoy them. My point of course is is that wrestling is not just a popularity contest. it is more than that. And whenever you think about the fact that some people deserve and some people have earned opportunities, Whenever it comes to certain think about your management position, you know. If you were a manager at a Walmart you notice that someone is <clears throat> has been working somewhat harder, you know, he's been improving. He's been they've been showing up in, in dress clothes a little bit more, they've been smelling good lately, you know. Maybe maybe I, sh- I should give that person a shot. Maybe I should just you know, roll with it, despite what my inner instincts tell me. No, no, no. You know, Sam Walton, who actually founded Walmart, <clears throat> he himself didn't think that it would grow to be the uh, corporate giant that it is today, but Sam Walton once said to, quote, go against the conventional wisdom. And what is the conventional wisdom in professional wrestling? What exactly is it? ...that Sami Zayn has? What is it... ...that he has that makes you... ...Brandon... ...and for that matter all of your fucking viewers... ...all of your fucking listeners... ...what is it that makes them... ...think... Oh, ...Sami Zayn, of course! I should have sucked his dick a long time ago! (laughs) I did not think of that before! (laughs) Because it pisses me off to no regard... ...to know the fact... ...that you are promoting cancer in professional wrestling, something that I have a passion for. If Sami Zayn is a cancer, then that means that I am the cure. If Kevin Owens is a disease, and we won't mention what disease he is, even though I've called him existentially Cancer Owens, if If Kevin Owens is a disease then that means that I am the cure because if I'm the only one who can see through the fish the chicanery the pure shit that they're spewing then it seems like I am the cure I've literally never met another person never met another person allow me to say that again never have I met another person ...that I have not influenced myself... ...who doesn't know who Kevin Owens is... ...tell me... ...that they hate Kevin Owens... ...that they can't stand... ...Kevin Steen... ...or... Uh, ...sometimes we'll get into talking about... ...you know, their favorite wrestlers... ...and they'll... ...they'll do it like this... ...and it's usually just a, a casual conversation... And it'll be something like this. Oh, who's your favorite wrestler? And then they'll be like, oh, uh, I used to like Vader and Dr. Death and really like Steve Austin growing up. And uh, really liked Flying Brian and uh, The Undertaker was really good. And then I got into watching Sting. And, you know, it's almost like they're going off of a top 10 of their, their favorite wrestlers of all time eventually they get to the modern day people and then they're like yeah and I really like what Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are doing today and um that's kind of where I end the conversation I walk away I walk away because people like that are toxic people like that are not anyone who would They're not intellectuals, you know, they're not someone who you would want to have a conversation with. They're they're probably missing all of their teeth, and they probably smell really bad. Brandon, you're from Kentucky. You probably eat nothing but fried chicken. Why didn't I think about that before? You have to be related to the colonel. And he didn't even go to the military, but somehow... People still call him the colonel. The colonel of fried chicken. Can you believe this? Oh my god, I can't stand it. It, Meanwhile, here in West Virginia, do you want to know what we're famous for? A song written by a man named John Denver. Country roads take me home to the place. I belong, West Virginia. Mountain mama. Take me home Country Roads Has anyone ever wrote a passionate song about Kentucky? Other than in Kentucky I fucked my sister. Meanwhile I also have a lot of um your mama jokes written down. Your mama's so fat she created the Grand Canyon. And I know what you're thinking. It's a little harsh, you know. I'm sorry. Your mama's so fat. Um, She woke up. Or rather, she wakes up in sections. Your mama's so fat. They had to take her baby pictures via satellite. <clears throat> Your mama's so fat. Before God... Before God could say, let there be light, he had to ask your mom to move first. I'm sorry, Brandon. Am I striking a nerve? Because you brought this onto yourself, if I remember correctly. Because you decided that it was a good idea to hijack my show. And I wasn't going to take you seriously. I was just going to be like, oh, shit, shit. I mean, I, pick, I get picked on all the time by people like this. Sami Zayn fans do not have a place to make fun of elite professional wrestlers. Or for that matter, elite professional wrestling fans. People who have read books. People who are right now writing a book. And, spoiler, Brandon, for you, I was going to, the first thing that I was going to say on this podcast whenever I opened it wasn't to make your mama jokes toward you, but rather I was going to tell my audience that recently I will be making a clothing brand line. That's right, you heard me correctly. I'm going to take this podcast, I'm going to take it to the next level. And it's not just going to be a little ha-ha-ha-ha, I showed you that shirt that said, Don't be a Sami Zayn fan, follow at P1 underscore babe on Twitter. No, it's going to be more than that. This is called the Red Rose Clothing Line, or the Red Rose um Apparel Line, rather. <clears throat> Not that you would know anything about apparel. I'm sure that you still wear, for a t-shirt, what is it that they used to wear in the old west? Those those poor people. What was it, like a wheelbarrow with straps? I mean, I'm, I'm drawing a blank here, but I've seen it on cartoons plenty of times, I mean, But over there at the Early Morning Wrestling Podcast, he's looking at the um, Clash of Champions from 2016, a show that's not even worth my time. So, because the main event is... Seth Rollins versus Kevin Owens. Who would ever tune in to something like that? Why would you ever spend your money on garbage like that? Over there at the Dog Water podcast, he's going to be uh, discussing stuff like this. And yes, I am somewhat being a hill here, and I don't appreciate the fact that I was supposed to be the the babyface, like the victim of this this common crusade where you decided that it was a good idea to pick on me and expect me not to say anything back. As it pertains to podcasting, or for that matter, professional wrestling, the Red Rose clothing line will have nothing to do with that. The Red Rose apparel line, I I probably wouldn't even slap a wrestling logo on it. It'll just have a few amateurish designs that I've made. And Brandon listened to your show. I I did. I went ahead and listened to it. I thought about hiring someone to listen to it for me and just give me the footnotes, but nah, it'd just be a waste of money. I listened to your show and I couldn't help but at the like the, the home stretch, the last five or six minutes, you told me that you quote, wanted me to quit Just hang up my boots, you know, just give it up already. And then, about 40 seconds after that, you ended up putting your foot in your mouth and saying, how about you try a little bit harder? And then saying, I don't want you to quit. So which is it? Do you want me to hang up my boots? Do you want me to just throw my laptop into a river? Just give up? Or do you want me to turn up the heat to an 11? Do you want me to constantly berate you for having a, a child and, and staying up all night and and drinking and vaping and deciding that it's a great idea to berate me for having passion for this business? Because the way I see it, you're on the same level as someone who's as inconsistent not only as Kevin Owens, but also as Jim Cornette. Cornette, who frequently shows up on his own podcast, and then maybe five weeks ago, he said something like, I like Kenny Omega. And then five weeks later, I guess, Kenny Omega owes him $20, and he's like, I hate Kenny Omega. He needs to find some sort of common ground as to who he hates and who he likes. Also on Jim Cornette's podcast, not to plug his his dog shit of a show anymore, the Dog Water Podcast, he finds it funny to somehow make fun of Johnny Gargano, despite the fact that Gargano is a elite athlete who I've looked at all of... I won't say all of, but shit, I've looked at most of his um, five star. Um, matter of fact, Gargano has two five star ratings under my umbrella that I'm aware of. One where he fought Adam Cole in a Three Stages of Hell match, and one where he fought um, Champa, a uh, Tommaso Champa, in a Street Fight match. Uh, could have been a two out of three falls match. But I remember it was a street fight. No. The three stages of hell. That was a two out of three falls match. Um, but be, because it had three. We haven't done a three stages of hell in a long time. You know. As far as wrestling goes. Anyway. I'm going to take a deep breath here. And. Primarily, what I wanted to do was watch the episode of uh, Rampage 1-6-23, uh, uh, January 6th of 2023, but I couldn't get that to download on my podcast in time. That's why this is out late. I was trying to wait for it to download, but it keeps telling me that it's going to take 23 minutes, but it's taking more than 23 minutes. It's uh, slowly downloading, and then the the timer that's over in the corner that tells me like my bandwidth like how long it, it of a how long like it's loading and then it's going to tell me oh we're going to get there god damn it i just wanted to watch it i wanted to watch the episode before the the um the show that we will be watching today which i still haven't preferenced with a name i just said hey we're going to watch AEW it's Battle of the Belts Five, which happened earlier on this year um this is their fifth iteration of battle of the belts and i was disappointed because it only has three matches all three are championship matches there are some segments that i didn't write down i didn't bother to write down <clears throat> um because they really didn't seem like they were anything worth really paying attention to one thing that i do enjoy about aew is that they don't Conform to the chicanery that WWE does. They don't go into, you know, oh, we're going to open the show with someone talking on the microphone, and then it'll take like 25 minutes before they actually get into the actual wrestling match that they're trying to get into. Provided that WWE stands for World Wrestling Entertainment, they put more emphasis on the entertainment part. That's fine. That's okay once in a while. But whenever. You have a burning desire, a passion, rather, something that really burns in your heart that you can see. Damn, I like that. Damn, that was a good match. God damn, I can't get enough of these good matches. You know, whenever you're sitting there and then you're just watching it and then you're just like, damn, I'd like to be in that ring. You know, I'd just love to maybe pick somebody's brain about what exactly it is that goes on behind the scenes, or how exactly to set up the ring, or you know, talking on commentary about about everything that they talk about. To, this match was all, this match, I'm sorry, this, um, this contest, whole entire event, all over the place as far as uh, commentary goes. I mean, they were talking about the dumbest, And most irrelevant crap. They were just making jokes toward each other and everything. I didn't even... Like, there were so many jokes, I couldn't even write any of them down. I repeat, so many jokes, I couldn't even write any of them down. Because they were, like, uh, making fun of JR's barbecue and and making fun of, like, uh, um how stupid something looks hey did you see that guy in the crowd he was holding up a sign it said I love JR's barbecue you know they were just poking fun at each other and it's it's good to see them having fun and it's good some of them some of the time like Excalibur would just say something under his breath it would get caught on the microphone you know and then JR would just say something under his breath, and it would get caught on the microphone, and it's like, it's hard to keep up with you guys and everything that you're saying, but whenever they were talking about the match, it would always be like, Damn, what a clothesline! <laughs> so, it's it's easy to tell whenever they're, like, taking shots at each other. Like, how did that work out for you, Taz? And then he would say something under his breath, and... But anyway, I'm done saying stuff under my breath. Because whenever you want to hear me say it, it's going to be said live and in color and in person. I'm the Gordon Ramsay of professional wrestling. That's right. I've got a certificate on my wall that proves it. And no, I didn't print it off online. If you want, after this, if you feel pity, you can go and listen to the Dogwater podcast that is... The Late Night Wrestling Pod. There's your cheap pop, Brandon. By the way, my name isn't Coco. My name is Mocha. This is the Gut Wrench Podcast, and just because you can't read my name on a piece of paper doesn't mean that you have the right to make fun of it. So, why don't we start this week's event? Now, whenever we open the show, um, we see Darby Allen, and he's celebrating because apparently he beat, um, I think they said that he beat Samoa Joe um, tonight. Uh, Jericho and Excalibur are on commentary with JR and Taz. Or it could have just been Jericho, um, Jericho Excalibur, and uh, JR, but I'm pretty sure that a uh, I heard Taz somewhere. So, they open up after Rampage, whenever um, Samoa Joe got apparently beat by uh, Darby Allen for the TNT Championship on Rampage, and... Let's get to the event underway. No holds barred. The AEW World Tag Team Championships as Platinum Max Castor and the acclaimed—I'm sorry—the acclaimed, sorry, acclaimed Platinum Max Castor uh, and Anthony Bowens versus Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Uh, the tag team championships are on the line. It's obviously going to be the acclaimed who wins here even before the match begins. I know that because they are not only the champions, and this is not only a strong way to book them, but what else is new think think about the the fact that like Jared and Lethal they're not even like they're just there to put over the the younger acclaimed. and I don't even think that Double J and um, Lethal are actually a team that just hang out for the first time (laughs) to fuel the Acclaims winning. Why is Billy Gunn a manager for the Acclaimed? Uh, He should literally be doing things for uh, Colton and the Gun Club. (laughs) In this way, it feels like he's not He's not backing his own team that much. A passionate crowd, too. Oh, my God. These people were, like, all on their feet. And they were all, like, just cheering and chanting. And they were not. Even after, like, that Friday's, um, because keep in mind, Battle of the Belts happened directly after their uh, regularly scheduled program, which is uh, Rampage, if I remember correctly. It happens on Friday. he's not backing his own team that much. A passionate crowd tonight from the people in uh, attendance. The Wednesday before the Battle of the Belts, uh, Five, Jeff Jarrett, and Jay Lethal tried to uh, secure a victory by cheating, but the referee caught them before before they could get started uh, in cheating, before they could even get away with it. So the referee caught them uh, cheating, restarted the match, and upon restarting the contest, Anthony Bowens and Max Caster of the Acclaimed won their championship belts back. Okay, okay, so Platinum Max Caster, obviously, we all know what he's going to do every time that he comes out. Yo, 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 you trying to be acclaimed? And he always does this. He always rips on his opponents before, <laughs> before the matches, uh, especially title matches and stuff like that. He's he's somewhat of a top dollar. If not, he's a um, uh, he's a discount John Cena. Basic thugonomics, you know. Back whenever Cena was uh, feuding with Kevin Federline, he says he comes out with a microphone and he says. You a stain on the business, man. I mean, Jeff Jarrett is worse than Vince McMahon, <laughs> and Lethal is not an is. Lethal is not as essential. He thinks you're chewing on Sanjay's pencil. So whenever they come out, they come out with these two guys, uh, um, Sanjay Dutt and another Dutt brother. But I cannot, for the life of me, pronounce his name. But he's some big. I mean, great Kali-looking guy, not to sound racist or anything, you know, not all Indians or all Asian people look alike, and that's not what I'm saying at all. Um, Jay Lethal, yeah, he says, and lethal is non-essential, he thinks you're chewing on Sanjay's pencil. So whenever he comes out too, he's got this pencil behind his ear, and it's it's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> I don't know why he's always got this pencil, but I'm going to assume it's something like um, whenever Umaga had this um, El, El Estrada, El Andre, El Strada or whatever, back whenever Umaga was like a thing back in 2004, 2005, 2006, uh, he used to have this manager, Umaga did, before he passed away. <laughs> And Elstrada was his name or something like that. There's a Cuban guy, uh, hanging out with a Samoan. Can you believe it? <laughs> anyway, uh, he used to come out and every time that he would he would take a cigar out of his uh pocket and then he would say, Umaga and then he would like I guess break the cigar and Umaga would usually finish the match after Elstrada broke the cigar. I'm gonna assume that the pencil serves as the same thing, maybe one day we'll look at one of Umaga's matches, um, where, I mean, it's not really worth looking at, honestly, because most of Umaga's matches didn't last but 30 minutes, 30 seconds, excuse me, 30 minutes, <laughs> oh, shit, that's about as long as I would last him with Brandon's wife, am I right, 30 minutes, shit, I don't even think she would last that, lo- that long with me, you know, because... I'll be in it. I'll be like, she wasn't religious until she met me. I had her up all night screaming, oh God, oh God, oh God. Anyway, um, Vince McMahon, yeah, uh, Jeff Jarrett is worse than Vince McMahon. And lethal is non-essential. You're chewing on Sanjay's pencil. And you know he gets busy. And you know we gets busy ripping you a new hole here in Rip City. No holds barred basically is what um Max Caster came out to say. <clears throat> so, inconsistencies automatically show at the start of the match. So, right right off the bat, the start of the match, it starts and everybody's, you know, like Lethal's got uh Bowens, I think, and Max Caster is uh is fighting Jeff Jarrett, and they're both fighting, like, outside the ring, you know, a little bit. Uh, Lethal's got uh, Bowens in the, uh, if I remember correctly, it was the uh, figure four, and uh, Bowens in the figure four, he has to find a way to get, you know, to get down the ring ramp, and of course he uses the ring ramp as it's intended to be used as a ring ramp, and he rolls him about halfway down the ring ramp which is what I would do to Brandon's mom I guess you know I gotta I gotta keep shoving that down people's throats I would I would roll her down the ring ramp you know like we're going bowling or something anyway it's not important these uh cheap pops are eventually I mean I feel like he's he's I don't care what he thinks who who cares uh has quickly turned into a regular tag team match. So directly after that, they start to throw the rule book back into the window rather than throwing it out. It's almost like they took the rule book, threw it out of the window, realized what they did, and then went outside, grabbed the rule book, and then, you know, took it back in the house. And then they said, okay, now it's a regular tag team match after we just got done saying it's a falls count anywhere, or a no holds barred. And I'm putting that in air quotes, by the way, in case you can't tell. Like, some people. But the beginning of the match has all four competitors uh, fighting uh, per each team. So so much action that it was hard to keep up with. Um, As the match progressed, on the other hand, we got a little over a minute in to the actual wrestling contest and... It seems to be nothing more than just a regular tag team competition, a regular tag team match where, you know, uh, they have to actually tag each other in. Um, the end of the match, though, sees uh, one of the Dut brothers ended up getting involved uh, after a ref bump, um, and Jeff Jarrett confused as to who to hit, you know, the who do I hit, who do I hit, then one of the Dutt Brothers comes in with, um, like it's it's like a guitar, and he's he's gonna hit someone upside the head with it, and then he gets the guitar stolen from him, and then he gets hit with it after he gets what they call El Kabonked. Um, he's in the corner, the Dut brother is, and then he's kind of like, Oh no, I, I just been hurt, but he's selling it like really poorly. You know, if anything, go, go to the ground, you know, go get in the, uh, fetal position, which is what I put Brandon's mom in before we have sex. Anyway, back to what I was saying. Uh, yeah, anyway, back to what I was saying. Um, he, he gets hit with a, uh, guitar and he stays in the corner And upon, like, staying in the corner, and then he's all dazed and confused, and he don't know where he's at. And he keeps checking his head for blood, but there seems to be no blood no matter how many times that he's checking. And he's checking, like, five fucking times. And so somebody's clearly missing their cue here and I'm not sure who it is. After the ref bump, though, they take the, the shirt off the referee, and then they put it on the other Dutt brother who hasn't been hit with a guitar, Sanjay. So Sanjay's got this pencil right here behind his ear, and you'll never guess what happens. Aubrey Edwards comes in, and she yanks um Sanjay Dutt out of the ring, and then he says, I'm the official. You're out of here. And he's not the official. (laughs) It's funny. Because he's actually telling a referee. To get. To get out of here. I'm sorry. It was the funniest shit that i have seen. This is what you call entertainment people. I hope to God that my laughter is contagious right now. (laughs) Because he's trying to tell the referee to get out. (laughs) and this man only has a free t-shirt oh god I'm gonna cry anyway um she goes ahead she grabs his pencil and then she breaks it over her knee and then she tells him to get out of here and then he does he's just like oh man my pencil's gone and now they got nothing to do and he just leaves and um, she ends up uh, counting the one, two, three for the um victory for the acclaimed. It's the funniest wrestling match you'll ever see. I, I mean <clears throat> comedy ensues. Let's just put it that way. Wow. <laughs> Who knew that breaking someone's pencil, you know that that just sends them into a f- damn it. Now I gotta go get another pencil. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so, I'm done. Okay, so eventually they do the, oh, scissor me daddy ass type thing. And, you know, they end up hitting their finishing maneuver, which I'm really not sure what it's, what it's called. Uh, A chance echo of the arena as the acclaimed appear to be over in a big way. JR and Jericho make fun of Excalibur and call him not an idiot, but a, quote, dumb idiot. I'm pretty sure they were supposed to say stupid idiot. By the way, that was put in air quotes, too. Not only the dumb idiot part, but also the stupid idiot. JR uh, meant to say stupid idiot, I'm sure. A JBL like clothesline from Anthony Bowens uh, to lethal, uh, turning him inside out. He does like a flip. I mean it. <clears throat> I don't know why I have to say I mean it. Like, oh yeah, I'm I'm not joking here. I'm I'm absolutely meaning it. You know, like take my word for it. <clears throat> Things start to break down. Uh, as they remember, it's a no-holds-barred contest, uh, no, dola- no disqualification match. For some reason, they have to be reminded that <clears throat> this is not an exhibition tag team match. After the ref bump, someone comes down uh, to count the three. Anthony Bowens only gets the two count, but uh, gets involved. I don't think he missed his cue, Billy Gunn, uh, oh, I think he missed his cue, Billy Gunn, uh, spends far too much time in the ring just standing there, uh, for seemingly no reason, <laughs> and then after <laughs> stealing the guitar from Double J, he gets kabonked, or clocked, <clears throat> but the Dut brother, but the, but the Dutch brother, not Double J, uh, Jericho, once again, says dumb idiot. I'm pretty sure he meant to say stupid idiot. But, once again, everything that I just said, other than... Uh, well, I had to look at my notes again. I'm not sure who had the guitar. I'm pretty sure it was Billy Gunn, and then the Duck Brothers stole it, and then the Acclaim end up uh, El, El um, one of the Duck Brothers, and then the hilarity ensues as Aubrey Edwards comes to the ring and she takes over the match after she does jericho says what she can't do that that's illegal look to lock her up I-, I dare you to go go lock her up jericho and i gave it three and a half out of five stars if i can find that goddamn rating yes three and a half out of five was a very entertaining match as you can see i'm i'm in tears right now it was very inconsistent um having any rules except when it's convenient for us to have rules <laughs> things things they had going uh Alright, so I already talked about the merchandise plug. I already talked about the new clothing line. Yes, I'm writing a book, believe it or not. Um, the Dog Water Early Morning Podcast Show. I'm sure that he's doing just great over there. Just having one platform to um, commend his audience on. Aside from maybe Twitter. He said that he started an Instagram, but uh, yeah, if he started an Instagram, where's where's your followers? There, buddy. You should start a TikTok, by the way. He did start a um, Discord server, or at least he did start a Discord. Managing a server is a whole nother ball game. <clears throat> Brandon Surge, it sounds like uh, he's trying to rip off Pokemon with Lieutenant Surge. Talk about your Jericho cries about how illegal it is for Aubrey Edwards to insert herself into the match (laughs) as an official. (laughs) Oh, God. It's so illegal for her to do that, huh, Jericho? Max Caster uh, finishing elbow drop is known as the mic drop, which I thought was really funny because the fact is, Ken Kennedy's finishing move back whenever Ken Kennedy was actually, like, a thing, back whenever he was, I guess it would be like, what, mid-2007, early 2008, maybe mid-2008, back whenever Ken Kennedy was actually a professional wrestler for the WWE, his finishing maneuver was a flatliner, and it was known as the mic check. I had to look over at my notes, and I don't know why. And it was... It took a flatliner, and when CM Punk would do a mic drop... He would call it a pipe bomb. So we've had many different iterations of a mic drop in professional wrestling. If I'm missing one, please let me know. Because I don't think that I am. I've been wrong before, though, on at least four occasions. So if you're trying to make it five, you know, let me know. Then every time that I say that I've been wrong, (laughs) I would have to mention the fifth time that i was wrong i should say up until this point in time in history that way that i don't get tomfoolery later on you know from people in the future who possibly become a professional wrestler just to quote prove me wrong um these are all of the iterations of a mic drop in professional wrestling TBS Championship match as champion Jade Cargill versus Sky Blue. Um, Jade is 47 and 0 losses. I checked the uh, updated on the Twitter, and it looks like she is actually, as of this recording, 52 and 0. As of th- as of this contest that we are looking at, though, she is 47 and 0. 47 wins, 0 losses, 0 draws. And... I've looked at a Sky Blue match before. She's done better, okay? Even though this match went over um, a certain accumulated amount of time, which usually doesn't happen with um, Jade Cargill matches. Usually her matches don't last, as JR will tell you in this contest here, no more than five minutes, maybe six minutes, which is both a good thing and a bad thing. See, that's a good thing because... That means that she's a very strong competitor who finishes all of her matches, you know, very, very quick. She doesn't need um, any sort of chauvinistic um, sort of... But if you're a wrestling fan and you look forward to those longer... Uh, well-timed main events that are like, oh man, I didn't expect him to kick out again, you know, or oh man, you know, like, wait a minute, he just hit two of those finishers, but he still got up, you know, and then you're sitting there on the edge of your seat, you got the adrenaline going, you know, you're taking a deep breath and you're sweating a little bit and you're looking at, you know, possibly your favorite wrestler and you're hoping, praying because they're representing you in, in one fashion or another, and especially if you play like DraftKings, how will this person lose or whatever? Um, you're hoping and you're praying that that person is is possibly going to pull off the victory. You know, and you're taking those deep breaths, and you you feel the adrenaline that they feel. Possibly, sometimes those those matches, those later down the card matches. They really, like, wow, that was such a great match. Whereas, though, that if you're going to watch a squash match, it's like, eh, I'm indifferent to the whole thing. You know, it's, uh... She gets over-enthusiastic... Overwhelming entrance... Oh, okay, yeah, she gets... The entrance that's like the uh, over-booked entrance does um, Jade Cargill. Sky Blue just gets the entrance music. She gets the smile and look pretty and, you know, wave her hand almost like she's the fucking Queen of England. But Jade Cargill, she gets the rock music. She gets the, the pyro, you know, the lights change of colors. Uh, You can automatically tell who's going to win here. Who did they spend more money on, you know? I think Tony Khan would have more money if maybe he didn't pay for as much pyro. (laughs) Excalibur calls what looks to be like a Uranagi, a chokeslam from uh, Two Sky Blue as Jade... uh, takes control of the match in short order. And one of the former baddies um, ends up showing up in Red Velvet. And uh, Red Velvet uh, staring down the champion as Sky Blue beat the ten count uh, to the ring because she was outside being counted out. And the same referee... Aubrey Edwards, Jericho keeps calling her crooked because of the last match that just got done happening. He's like, it's probably because of that crooked referee, Aubrey Edwards. He's like, I'd like to go down there and give her a piece of my mind. (laughs) Why? Why? She didn't do anything. Oh, my God. And Red Velvet uh, stares down the champion as Sky Blue beats the 10 count uh, into the ring and stops herself from being counted out. Uh, talk about how you've counted out Brandon Surge. I have. I'm counting a 10 right now, and there's nothing that he can do about it. How many jokes have I made about his mom? I mean, this is This is middle school. For all I know, you know, that's what we did in middle school. We made fun of people's moms who we didn't much enjoy. We'd just be like, either we would make fun of their mom or their girlfriend. And seeing as though that he doesn't have a girlfriend, he has a wife and a kid. Listen, listen, Brandon, Brandon, let's talk for a minute. All right. All right. Let me put my hand on your shoulder. You know, just calm down. Calm down. Take a deep breath. You know, maybe I'll tell you what you do. Okay, here's what you do. All right, you ready? You ready? I'm looking you in the eyes, and I'm going to tell you what to do. And you're going to listen. Okay. Sorry about that. I I thought that my microphone was, for some reason, I thought it was right here. Turns out it's right here. See? Now you can hear me a lot better. Right? Yeah. I'm looking you in the eyes. You're looking me in the eyes. Okay. Just, just take a seat, man. Just calm down. I'm gonna, I'm gonna poke fun at your mom a little bit, you know. That's what we do in West Virginia. It's how we do it in Texas, you know. Calm down. One of the former baddies ends up showing up in red velvet, <coughs> red velvet, uh, staring down the champion as Sky Blue beats the ten count. Uh, talk about <laughs> and. How you'd had sex with his mom last night. Yeah, you know, your mom couldn't beat the 10 count last night. (laughs) Alright. The whole match, even though I'm not done with it quite yet. As I'm taking these notes, just seems to be a one-sided beatdown. Jade Cargill just uh, punishing Sky Blue. While Red Velvet and Layla Gray watch on, according to JR, the data, according to JR, has uh, statistics say that Jade Cargill has 22 wins in 5 minutes or less. In one way, that does make her look strong, and as I said, I've already talked about that, and I could make another mama joke and say that um, 22 times... Um, out of 47 times, 48 times, I've had sex with Brandon's mom, and she didn't last five minutes. You know, that's almost half. That's almost half the time that she didn't last five minutes. <clears throat> if Jade can only last five minutes uh, in the matches, it makes her look strong uh, in putting away her opponents uh, fast, even though that makes her look strong in professional wrestling is not a sprint in some cases it's a marathon and having matches being booked that sometimes are over 20 or 30 minutes I mean I've already went over this I'm not really sure why it's yeah I mean if you care about if you care about like Dave Meltzer or any of anything that he has to say, anything that Brian Alvarez has to say or anything like that, like the Wrestling Observer, if you care about anything that he has to say then, you know, these 5-minute 6-minute matches, those aren't those ain't going to do shit for your wrestling promotion. Let's be honest. They're not going to make your champion look strong. They're not going to do anything like that. What that's going to do is that's basically going to cripple the division that your champion is in. But anyway, uh Sky Blue puts up quite a fight. As a matter of fact, she does this one spot um, that's really, really talented. Somehow, she defies physics. She goes from a vertical standing position to a horizontal. uh, She does what she's called... What's called a Code Blue, which I'm not really sure whether or not it's called the Code Blue or whether or not she calls it the Code Blue because I'm almost certain that the actual move is called the Code Red. But I could be wrong. But... (laughs) If I'm colorblind and it's called the code blue and I'm calling it the code red, <laughs> then maybe I need to go get some glasses. Shit. Sky blue defies the laws of physics somehow and goes from a horizontal uh position, uh, to a vertical position. I know it really sounds strange, but that's because it really is strange. Uh, she does a code blue off of an Irish whip while Jade Cargill is standing upright. <laughs> a little bit... Conf- I'm a little bit conflicted <laughs> on the first half of the match. Oh, yeah, on the rating. So, the rating of this match, I'm a little bit conflicted, too, because of the fact that... First half of the match, first 12 minutes, 15 minutes of this match... Just sees Jed Cargill beating the fucking hell out of Sky Blue. And then finally Sky Blue shows some fight. Like the last five minutes. (coughs) Much like Brandon Surge's mom showed some fight last night. Do, Do you understand now? Much like Kevin Owens' mom showed some fight last night, you know. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Had sex with them both at the same time. But I gave it 4 out of 5 stars. As we see Jade Cargill pull off a great victory. And now it's time for the main event. Yes, I know. I know. I s- this is only a 3 card match. And like I said, I wanted to look at. The other, the, like, what happened before this, like the Samoa Joe-Darby uh, Allen match, I wanted to look at that. Um, I wasn't able to, because my computer wouldn't download it. I'm not sure why. <coughs> I'm not really um going to, like I can't get mad at it, even though I can. You know, I can, it's not going to solve anything. I will be getting a new computer soon, so I'm not worried about it. I'll be getting a clothing line soon. Fucking red rose clothing. I want to see Brandon compete with that, you know? Why doesn't he have a clothing article? Hey! Hey! Serge, Pay attention to me. I got a question to ask you. Like I said, I'm going to put my hand on your shoulder again. I'm going to go ahead and look you in the eyes. And I'm going to ask you something that CM Punk asked John Cena. Do I have your attention now? Well, technically he said, do I have everybody's attention now? And the, the edit, the edit that they did on that episode of Monday Night Raw, after he said that and dropped that proverbial pipe bomb, the edit was so good. Because whenever he said it in the edit, it went like this. Do I have everybody's attention now? Now, now, now 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 and then i was just like okay <laughs> i guess it's one way to get somebody's attention <clears throat> and jade cargill's finishing maneuver looks that of similar to beth phoenix's finishing maneuver called the glam slam is what beth phoenix calls it but i'm not really sure what jade cargill calls it and now it's time for the main event as the All Atlantic Championship is up for grabs, I feel like that this is like their answer to like, you know, that WWE's old, uh, under no, not undisputed, not intercontinental, uh, probably their European Championship, because this is the All Atlantic Championship. I feel like if Tony Khan was smart, he would start another division of AEW and it would be called AEW UK. And then he would start it over in the UK and he would just see where it goes, you know. A Jericho, uh, like, people like that, they, they fund Tony Khan's company, you know. Like, Jericho probably takes some of his money and he probably puts it into the company and he probably gets it back, you know. And in case you don't know, Chris Jericho is a executive producer of the show, so he's he's more than just, you know, hey, I'm gonna commentate this week, I'm gonna <clears throat> do whatever it is that, you know, he picks and chooses his own slots, and basically, if you don't understand something, like the Jericho Appreciation Society, a lot of people hate on them, Jericho doesn't care whether you hate on them or not, it's not the most least interesting part of the show or anything it's something where jericho can actually find talent and be close with them and then like get them you know more tv time get them more production but the all-atlantic All Atlantic Championship is on the line as champion Orange Cassidy faces off against Kip Sabian. Kip Sabian's getting under the skin of Orange Cassidy, and Cassidy has been showing uncharacteristically types of behavior where he has been getting more and more aggressive. And usually Orange Cassidy isn't, like, the guy who gets aggressive. Let's be honest, he's, like, the guy who shows up, he puts his hands in his pockets, you know, and then he's like, what's up, bro? How are you? You know, he's like one of those guys, you know, nothing gets under Orange Cassidy's skin. I mean, let's be honest. So for Kip Sabian to be able to do that, he must be doing something. I don't, I don't know how to put it, you know, like every time that I've seen Cassidy, he's always been like this laid back, you know, almost like stoner in a way. Uh, small things that Kip Sabian does, perhaps uh, it's getting into the head of Orange Cassidy. And that's exactly what Excalibur keeps saying. He's also driven a wedge between uh, Cassidy, Trent Beretta uh, of the best friends, uh, something that Jericho and Excalibur say that they thought was impossible. They thought it was impossible to drive a wedge between Orange Cassidy and Trent Beretta or Trent Beretta and, um, Chuck Taylor, I cannot tell you, but it's basically a three-man group known as the best friends, Um, but any two combinations can be known as just friends, I think, if I'm right, it's like Trent Beretta and Chuck Taylor are known as just friends and any combination of Beretta and Cassidy are known as the best friends. Could be wrong, I don't watch AEW that ru- that much, that ruch. <laughs> Who am I, Scooby-Doo? Trent Beretta, the best friends, something Jericho and Excalibur say they thought was impossible to drive a wedge between uh, Cassidy and Beretta. Something that I noticed that is uncharacteristic of any uh, professional wrestler, But I guess this is what uh, sets Cassidy apart from everybody else. Uh, Whenever he comes to the ring, he holds his championship in a. That he's supposed to be displaying on his shoulder, or for that matter, on his waist. He puts his championship in a almost like plastic bag of some sort, except he puts it in a backpack. (coughs) Almost like putting your title in a burlap sack. And dragging it to the wrestling ring. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's not like tradition or anything, but it's just uncharacteristic of most professional wrestlers. I would have to answer a lot of unnecessary questions if I was to yeah. So if I was to say something like Cassidy can't do that, you know he he shouldn't be doing that, putting his title in a in a backpack. You know, I would have to answer a lot of unnecessary questions from people who are like, and why can't he do that? You know, so I would prefer not to say anything about why he can or cannot do that. Orange Cassidy is his is his own person, and he should be able to do as he pleases to do. And as much as it is uncharacteristic of a professional wrestler to be putting your championship belt that you would prefer to be, you know, gleaming over your shoulder or uh, on your waist side, I'm not going to tell Orange Cassidy what to do, and honestly, Cassidy does a lot of things that are uncharacteristic of a professional wrestler, such as putting his hands in his pocket before he goes to the Irish whip, so that way if anybody knocks his head off, he's only got himself to blame, but luckily, luckily, he's been pretty, you know, consistent with fucking ducking and dodging and weaving and going under their under their feet before they do like a drop kick or anything like that. Understand, people, you're in a wrestling ring. Keep your hands up at all all times. Usually a referee would admonish you for not putting your hands up. And for that matter, don't wear sunglasses in a wrestling ring. This man wears sunglasses in a wrestling ring. I can't, I can't make this shit up, (laughs) and a lot of people think, um, and it might come off that way that Orange Cassidy is nothing more than generic, um, but in a way, he makes the, take his entrance, for example, um, whenever they, you know, uh, the Undertaker, for instance, weighing 255 pounds from Death Valley. The Undertaker. You want to know where Orange Cassidy is from? Wherever. You want to know how much that he weighs? However. Or whatever. Yeah, that's what it is. So, if you take Orange Cassidy so seriously that you don't understand his character, you know, like, come on. it. You can't do that. Okay, I'm sorry. You you just can't. Cassidy doesn't take himself seriously. Why should you take him so seriously? But he is a good... I'm not sure whether he's a heel or a face. (laughs) I would say that he's a face because Kip Sabian is getting under his skin here. Uh, Kip Sabian does a spot that's usually reserved for the best friends and... Uh, just friends in Trent Beretta and Orange Cassidy, or uh, Trent Beretta and Chuck Taylor, uh, usually do a spot where the camera the camera pans out, uh, showing a shot of the entire arena, and Sabian is being hugged by two beautiful girls, Penelope Ford and the Bunny. Usually, the spot is done when, um, when and/or before, um, Chuck Taylor and. Trent Beretta are going for a tope suicida, or before they do that, they'll get in the ring, right? And Beretta and Taylor will hug each other, <laughs> and then while they're hugging each other, the camera pans out and the crowd goes, "Whoa!" <laughs> it's a, uh, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's a little bit funny. Oh man. Tope Suicida to Sabin after Dan Housen puts a curse on him. Dan Housen followed uh, Orange Cassidy to the ring. And when he did, he was threatening to put a curse on Kip Sabian after he did the spot that's usually reserved for best friends. <laughs> and Housen was like pointing at him and then... Sabian was like no no <laughs> Spirit of god he's like i swear you can't make this shit up uh, if this were uh and i mean typically and i mean essentially 90s WWE there would have been a lot of interference in a lot of their matches Uh, that they would have had tonight, Kip Sabian continues to mock Orange Cassidy, much like that Dogwater podcast, Brandon Surge has the early morning podcast, you know, the late night wrestling pod, like he acts like that's the greatest thing in the world, continues to mock me by calling me Coco. Thank you. It's become a, It's become extremely abundant that you cannot read, and neither can your mom mock his mannerisms and the things that he does to make his character in one way or another different than your typical professional wrestler. And that's what Kip Sabian keeps doing. He keeps mocking Orange Cassidy's character. He keeps mocking Orange Cassidy as a uh individual, I suppose you could say. But the things that Cassidy does is he'll put his hands, like I said before, in his like pants or for that matter, uh he'll just do things that aren't typical for a professional wrestler to be doing. <clears throat> but Kip Sabian is mocking Cassidy. <laughs> I give it four out of five stars. It was a beautiful contest between two men, and it told a great story, and they both talked and it conveyed to the audience. And that's the end of the show. That's the end of the broadcast, ladies and gentlemen, so thank you all so much for joining me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm gonna go ahead and uh, get out of here. You know, sayonara. Um, what was that? Why would I do that? That that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So I, I had someone off uh, frame here tell me that um, I should have blew up Brandon Surge's house. I don't really believe in doing anything like that. I mean, he hasn't really committed any crimes. He's he's just Sorry about that, someone, as, as you know, I live basically beside of the living room, and I don't want anyone to hear me as I'm speaking into my microphone. Seems a little unnecessary to have to explain this every time that it happens. <clears throat> but um, I don't want them to think that I'm talking to them, even though I'm talking into a microphone. <clears throat> because I live basically beside of my living room. With nothing but a curtain put up so that they can't see what exactly it is that I'm doing. Anyway, why would I want to do that? That that doesn't make any sense. Blowing up someone's house? I mean, he's just... He just can't read, that's all. He doesn't know what... He thinks that the word... That the, the letters C-O-C-O-C-O-C-O which by the way is Crash Bandicoot's sister. Um he thinks that that spells M O C O No, that can't be right. M O C H O. No, that can't be right either. You know, I'm I'm starting to think that he just rubbed off on me cuz now I can't spell mocha, you know? I guess I'll just spell it the easy way like I spell it on Instagram M O K A underscore C P R. Follow me on Instagram. Thank you so much. And if you haven't already followed me on Instagram, what are you waiting for? I should do that one again. What are you waiting for? Love me like you do. La la love, love me. Okay, I'm done. But um thank you all so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Gut Wrench podcast. My name is Mocha. And, um, that's a wrap. There's been enough stick in this episode. I'm not going to do the whole thing. That's a wrap. And, um, good night, everybody.